Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Hey, by my count, um, it is the 12th day of summer today. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I'm a little confused, though. I'm a little confused because the leaves are already falling, and, you know, it just seems to be happening earlier and earlier every year, right? Like, I mean, the 12th day of summer? You know, by my calculations, we should be July 7th or 8th or something. I don't know. Anyways, not excited about the leaves falling. I am excited about this series that we're in, though. Uh, we started a series, like Ryan was saying, called It's Personal. And um, I, I honestly believe that this series can be pivotal for us individually and as a church, as we engage with God, and if we do that, that, then take another step forward with Him, that He'll move us individually forward, He'll move us as a church forward, and we'll make a bigger difference in our world. He'll become more real to us, we'll make a bigger difference in our world, would be a greater testimony for him, and I think that that would be amazing. The whole series is built on the premise that we have a personal God, that God is personally involved in his creation from start to finish, that he's invested in it, and specifically that he is invested in you and I, that he knows us, that he created us, he knows our name. And he wants a relationship with each one of us. And based on that, then, we are left to respond. First of all, we have to decide. We have to make a choice about whether we are going to reciprocate and pursue a relationship with him, a personal relationship with God, where our relationship with him becomes personal. And second... We have to choose if we're going to help others find a personal relationship with him as he calls us to do. I believe that right now, someone in your world, someone in your sphere, someone somewhere in your context is looking for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And they may not know it yet. They likely can't articulate it. But I believe that that's the case, and that God has put you where you are to help facilitate that process. That you would help another find a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. To help others find a personal relationship with Jesus Christ begins with us making it personal with the people around us. We have to engage with people personally. They have to become known to us. We have to become known to them. And to help us how to understand how to make it personal, 
and to be able, what's more then, to evaluate how we're doing then in making it personal, we have to ask ourselves a few questions from the perspective of the people around us. So then, we need to ask ourselves a few questions from the perspective of maybe that receptionist that you pass every morning as you make your way into work. Or maybe it's a salesman that's calling on your business, comes around somewhat regularly. Maybe it's a neighbor across the street from you. Or maybe it's that other guy or girl in one of your classes at school, in chem, in English, history. If they were to ask you today, do you know my name? Could you answer? Like Ryan talked about last week. If they were to ask you, do you know where I'm coming from? Would you have any clue? And today, the question that we are asking ourselves is, do you know what I've done? If one of these people came up to you and said, do you know what I've done? Or, do you know what's been done to me? In other words, do you have any idea of the burden that I'm carrying with me today? The weight that I'm under in my world. Would we be able to answer? Are we the type of people that they would share that with? Are we a safe place that they might actually choose to unpack those things with? Before we go on anymore, would you just pray with me one more time as we ask God to come and speak to us today, to guide us and direct us and to teach us and to grow us into his people. Father, this morning, Lord, thank you for this series. Thank you for this time that we can consider this mission that you have called us to in making life personal, in becoming personal to the people around us, and in making them personal to ourselves. Lord, I pray, specifically today, as we consider this whole idea, this whole area of the burdens that people are carrying, and our reaction, our response to that, God, I pray that by your Spirit now that you would come and that you would speak to us, that you would direct us, even remind us right now of who that person might be in each of our worlds. And that you would prompt us, God, by your Spirit to take a step forward 
in engaging with them, in making it personal, and in being the type of people that we need to be where they would allow themselves to share with us. So to that end I pray and I ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake alone. Amen. Now, I don't have to tell you this morning that we are living in a broken world. We see it all around us, don't we? Day in and day out. Junk is happening all around us every day. There's abuse of every kind and description. There's exploitation happening on multiple levels. And there's addiction in various shapes and forms running rampant all around us. And Satan leverages those things to isolate us and destroy us. He takes advantage of these issues to crush us. As we encounter them, as they happen to us, as we become involved in them in some respects, we begin to think, perhaps, that we are broken and useless. That somehow, that we are now tainted and contemptible. Satan fosters these ideas, these notions in our mind, in order to drive us away from each other, from other people, and then, even more importantly to him, to drive us away from God, to push us away from a relationship with God. So for those of us then that have found a relationship with God, that are living in relationship with God, where it's personal now, where he's personal to us, he is asking us to step out and derail Satan's strategy of exploiting people's burdens and driving them away from him, from God. As the body of Christ now, you and I in this world now are his hands and his feet to go out into this broken world, to go out into this hurting culture and extend to them the love of Christ, to extend to them hope of life. We, as God's people, need to mobilize and move out in order to intercept Satan's plan to crush and destroy people underneath the weight of their burdens. And as we do, if we will, then he tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. 
that we will have success as he goes with us and enables us to do that. But the question is, will we go? Are we going to step out? We have to be tangible expressions of God's love to a world in need and bring them hope in their suffering. Jesus demonstrated that himself. And we're going to look at one case in point that makes it very, very clear. If you turn with me in your Bibles, on your phone, to John chapter 8, verses 2 to 11. John chapter 8, verses 2 to 11. It says there, At dawn, he, being Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Let's just stop there for a second. So picture, if you will, this scene. The teachers of the law bring in this woman caught in adultery. And we know that they're not really concerned about the law at this point. Because if they were concerned about the law, they would have also brought the guy because the law said that both of them were to be punished, not just the woman. So we can understand that there are, their motive is ulterior to the point that they're making here. This is a trap for Jesus. But nevertheless, that aside, picture yourself in the feet of this woman this morning. As she's brought in and is made to stand in front of this group, having been caught in adultery, and now, recognizing that even beyond the shame of that, beyond the fear of what that might now be bringing for her, what, what was, might it be entailed now going forward, what might be about to happen, that she's now also being exploited as a pawn in some other plan and agenda of the religious authorities of the day. It's horrendous. And thankfully, this story doesn't end here. Pick it up again. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this... Those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? 
Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Church family, friends, our role this morning is not to judge and condemn. And I know that that is hard. If you're like me, that's where I want to go. I want to look at this and say, well, serves you right. Look at what you've done. I want to condemn. I want to judge. I want to be aloof. I want to be removed. I don't want to get messed up in all of this. I want to stay where I'm comfortable. But that's not what Jesus does. That's not what we're to do. Nor are we to critique. Nor are we to step in and point out the error of their ways. Well, what were you thinking? How did this all get started? Do you see where you went wrong? That's not our role either. Our role is to be a tangible expression of God's love to someone in need, someone under a weight, carrying a burden. Jesus took this opportunity and he didn't condemn, he didn't critique. He stood in the gap for her and extended her life, literally. But what's more, is that he did the exact same thing for each of us very shortly hereafter. As he looked out over time, saw you and I, and went to the cross in order to stand in the gap for us, to extend us life, and do something for us that we couldn't do ourselves, because we couldn't carry the burden of our sin. We couldn't measure up to that weight. And he knew it. So he came and went to a cross to pay that penalty, to pay that price for you and I, so that we could have life, so that we could have hope by means of a personal relationship with God, with his Father. And now, we have to be like him. We read this story and we need to recognize that we are all standing or have been standing in the place of the woman. That we are the offenders as we come before God himself. That we are bearing a weight that we can't handle ourselves. 
And we need to come to him to take that weight away. And then, in the most unimaginable turn of events, then Jesus asks us to become like him to the world around us. That we would go from being the offenders now to being his emissaries. That we would take on his role, that we would become like Christ, representing him, representing God in the world around us. It boggles the mind that we could be moved from here all the way to there, from an enemy of God and now to his emissary, his representatives in this world, only but by the grace of God. This morning, church family, do you hear God calling you to be that image, that representation of his son in the life of someone around you? Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Paul's writing this to the Galatians. And he says, guys, your role is to go out and bear one another's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. In the same way, he's writing to us, he's instructing us. FBC, go out and bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? You ask. Well, we just talked about that when we went through Mark. That's where Christ summed up the law in two, where he said that the whole summation of the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And Paul points out to us now that as we go out and bear one another's burdens, then we fulfill the law, that we accomplish the mission that God has sent us to do as we go out and and, and help one another. That we fulfill the law, that that's touched down for us. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're a Bible reader. And you're saying, well, Doug, dude, Paul's writing to the Galatians here, and he's speaking to them about how they're to work with each other as Christians. And you're right, that's the context. But it doesn't stop there, so let me refer you to Luke 10, verses 25 to 37. It's not the only way that this works, is with other brothers and sisters in the Lord. On one occasion, an expert of the law in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted 
to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Oh, Douglas, doesn't that sound like you? I want to justify myself. And why I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, so I ask the question, well, who is my neighbor? Oh, sounds so much like me. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And what we find in this passage is that Jesus points out that the neighbor was the Samaritan. He wasn't one from inside the circle of faith, if you will. Samaritans were outside. They weren't interested. They weren't the followers of Jesus or God. But Jesus points to him as the neighbor. And then what's more, he amps it up. He elevates it for you and I today, for this, for this teacher of the law then, expert in the law. As he says to him, and as he says to us now, go and do likewise. Go and do the same as this Samaritan did. God is calling us today to bear one another's burdens, our brothers and sisters, and those outside the faith as well. Now I'm going to stop there. Um, and what I want to do is I want to help try and put some skin on the vision, if you will. And I'd like to introduce to you someone who is taking this mission to make it personal very serious. So would you welcome with me Lindsay Giesbrecht. All right, Lindsay, first of all, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, can you tell us just a little bit about what's going on in your world right now? Sure. Um, so in the last year, Jeff and I have kind of um, pledged our lives to work with Hands at Work. And we didn't know exactly how that would look, and we've been praying about it hard, and like the pray without ceasing thing, that's mm -hmm. been happening for me. Like it doesn't 
not out loud, but yeah. That's how I feel like my life has been. Laundry, I'm praying, everything, yeah. Anyways, but so we've been accepted and we're, it looks like we'll be going in January. Um, we have our visas that we have to also pray about. So we'll be applying for those. And yeah, we'll be selling our home, selling everything, taking a suitcase each-ish, maybe two, depending on the flight, and going to Africa. Okay, and, and, um, and this isn't just a two-week thing? No. So we apply for a three-year visa, and we do like a one-year trial, so they can say, you know, like, you guys aren't working out, and, you know, you could help us in Canada better than here, or, yeah, we can say, this is crazy, we need to go home, but, yes, we're applying for a three-year visa. Three-year visa, and with the potential for that to be extended, even. Yes, yeah. So this sounds pretty serious to me. Yes, it is very serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, can you tell us just a little bit about what you're going to be doing with Hands over there, what they're all about? Sure. Um, Hands at Work is all about finding the very most vulnerable in each community within Africa. So they work in eight countries right now, and they're continually trying to expand. At this point, they're working towards a goal of 10,000 children. They're getting close to that goal. And um, so all the groundwork um, is done by local men and women that do it also on a volunteer basis. They've maybe been doing it already. They've, you know, started like having a pot of soup in their backyard for a few children in their area. And through, you know, talking to pastors or talking to whoever Hands at Work has found these Mother Teresas, they dubbed them. And, um, helping them by growing their ministry and being, being their support for something that was already on their heart. And yeah, that's what we'd be, we'd be helping with that in the way of like social media stuff to get international churches on board and facilitating international teams. So it could mean that I help with like hospitality, like doing laundry, which I'm really good at. So yeah. And praying. Yeah, and praying. But yeah, and taking care of kids, because there's going to be a lot of young people on these trips that need some help with their laundry, probably. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of thing. Jeff will probably be more on the maintenance side of things, but we just honestly really don't know for sure what that looks like. Once we're there, they might see him as like this prayer warrior, or who knows, right? And put him in something else. We don't know. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how God's been working to help you make it personal? Um, I guess, you know, through the steps all along the way, the first little bit was Jeff's sisters are going to go to Africa because Katie has the Africa bug and your sisters are going. So if we can find money, Jeff, you should go with them. Like, this is like an opportunity of a lifetime to have this trip with your sisters to somewhere like really cool that... You know, we've been kind of thinking, like, where does our family fit in life? Like, what, what can we do as a family of many to help other people? And, yeah, so he went on that trip and just, like, oh, that's, like, four years ago now. But, like, every year it's just kind of, like, one more step. The other day I was <laughs> kind of wound up be honest, about the busing schedule or something silly that the kids were getting on really early and getting off late and, you know, 
normal issues of people from here. And then I heard, I opened this podcast and George, our kind of our main man in Hands at Work was saying how he went to a village and walked with a young girl who walks two and a half hours to go to school. And I'm like, ah, oh, like that sucks. Like that poor kid, like who is gonna speak up for that kid? Like obviously George is, but that's one in so many mm. that don't have a parent that's like overprotective and crazy like me that's like eh, five minutes longer on the bus this year. But yeah, so like I think step by step, person like personally, I feel for those kids because I'm a mom or whatever. I think I think it's a lot more than I imagined I would feel, and maybe a little bit hard to get on board with the idea that God's calling us all to Africa. And mm. not that I'm not on board, but it is not easy. From what I can gather, you told Jeff that if this were, if he were telling you this a few years ago, you wouldn't be married right now. Yeah, I don't know. And he was <laughs> he a lawyer he, for life. He and thinks he's got all the ideas, but really, I think I tricked him. <laughs> Good job. This is really cool. Thank you for doing this. Um, and next week on Sunday night, next Sunday night at 6.30, we want to invite you all to come out and Jeff and Lindsay are going to present a little bit more, like a lot more about what's going on, what they're going to be doing and, and how we can also help them make it personal on that level in Africa, think out and be a part of that. So I want to invite you all to come out for that. Mark it down in your calendar, come out for that and just see what God's up to and how he's working. Thanks for doing this, Lindsay, appreciate it. Let you sit down. I'm going to try and bring this in for a landing. I'm excited um, for Jeff and Lindsay. I'm also honestly disappointed that we're losing them from our context here. Jeff has been awesome for me. He texts me regularly about what's going on, what God has spoken to him about in the message, or what God's been just teaching him in his devotions, or what have you. And and he's been a real encouragement for me. So I'm going to miss that. But at the same time, I'm just excited that God is raising up people out of, out of our family to help his family somewhere else. I think that that's a sign of health and strength. And, and so way to go, FBC, for being a part of that too. You listen to Jeff talk about your role in this. I hope you'll do that next Sunday night because it's, it's, it's amazing. This morning, as we, as we come to a close... I don't want you to go away thinking that the only way that this works, the only measure of success is if you now move to Africa. That's, that's not the point. Um, and, and frankly, honestly, I don't know where God's going to lead you in this. Maybe it will be Africa. That's between you and him. I just pray that we will hear from him, that we will pursue him ourselves in such a way that he will show us what he's after us to do who it is that he wants us to respond to, where it is that he wants us to go, and that we will follow him, that we will go with him. So this morning, where are you at today? Maybe you're here and you're listening to this. And as you think about your life, all you can think about is the pain and the hurt that you're carrying, the mistakes that you've made, the things that have been committed against you, 
and you're hurt and you're feeling hopeless. You're wondering if you're worthless and it feels like you're all alone. And maybe you even doubt whether you can come or whether God will allow you to come to him and pursue a relationship with you. Let me tell you that yes, you can. But better yet, don't listen to me. Listen to Jesus himself as he talks to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. There he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whatever your burden is today, don't let it keep you from God. He's calling you. Come to me. Come to me. Bring your baggage. Bring your burden. Bring your fears. Bring your hurt. Come to me. Maybe you're here and you've come to him already. You have that relationship, but you're still carrying a burden that is weighing you down. And you're thinking to yourself, I, I can't even begin to think of helping somebody else carry their burden as I'm struggling under mine. Well, bring that to him. Come to the front here. Spend a time just at the altar, a bit of time praying and taking that to him. It's open to you. And if you're at that point where you've never made that decision to come to Christ and pursue a personal relationship with him, then track me down. I'll be down at the front, track down one of the other staff. Ryan's here. Gord's here. Kenton's in the back. Talisi and Kelsey are around. Jana, whoever. Track us down. Talk to someone that brought you. Someone that has brought you to church. They'll help you find that personal relationship with God. But don't wait. Come to him today. Band's going to come, but as they do, would you just bow with me in prayer? Father, this morning again, I pray that for each one here that doesn't know you yet, that they would make that step today, that they would step out and come to you, that you would overcome their fears, that you would overcome their doubts, and that you would draw them to yourself by your spirit, prompt them, motivate them today, God. Show them somebody that they could trust to help them with that decision. But have them come. And for God, for the rest of us. For those that are struggling under their own burdens, that know you already, but are stuck and mired under the weight of something, help them, Father. Help them to bring it to you, to leave it with you, to allow you to minister to them so that they can go out and be a minister, ministering light to the world around them. And for the rest of us as well, God, Again, point us in the right direction. Show us what you would have for us today. Remind us of the people, even now, that you're thinking about and that you want us to respond to. Overcome our fears. Overcome our doubts. 
Overcome our complacency by your spirit. Work in us, God. Motivate us as well that we would reach out, that we would be a tangible expression of your love. That we would extend life like your son. And I pray all of this now in his name and for his sake alone. Amen.